we get to a certain age, man. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Some I was in uh I was in where were we at? We was getting Jimmy's glasses last week, and I made a comment that I'm the only one in my family who does not wear glasses. I wear reading glasses, and that's it. I said I, it got to be, and I was clowning all of them, right? And then the little girl gonna say, "Well, Mr. Stevens, when's the last time you had an eye examination?" I said, "Stay out my business, <laughs> little girl, trying to tr trying to start trouble." Yes, you can hear her and my wife trying to team up on me. I said, "Listen." Y'all ain't putting that up on me. It's time to step on out this place. Y'all getting your Bibles? Let's go to um, Luke chapter five. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for your presence. We're so thankful that you know our name, that you are with us, that you are our heavenly father who loves us and compassionately caring about us. We bless you this morning, Father. We thank you this morning for who you are in our life. We trust that you will minister truth to us. Lord, every situation in here, you know, every heart, every situation, every circumstance, we declare your blessing upon your word, understanding in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 There you go, brother. Get it. So, uh, y'all ready? Turn to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter five, we're going to be talking about seed faith today. Uh, today, maybe into next week or something like that. I thought this would be a good um, a good platform. We've been dealing with faith. Uh, really, what we're going to be dealing with on a, if, if what we're going to be dealing with for the next few weeks is just really strategically appropriating goals and levels in our life. Uh, sometimes we get into a position where we're stagnant. Oh, we're not moving. We're not growing. And so it can be challenging. So today I just want to exhort you. Turn to somebody and say, he's just going to exhort us. Yeah, that's it. That's the exhortation. Encouragement. That's a seven dollar word for encouragement. Exhortation. So when somebody says exhortation, that's what they're talking about. Is my mic on both of them? Can you hear me out there and in here? You on? You, I'm good. OK. All right. Talk to me. But OK. I don't see no. OK. Good. OK. Um, Luke chapter five. Luke chapter five. Luke was a physician who uh, got a, a first hand account. He was not there with Jesus walking with his disciples. However, he did write the book of Acts. Uh, he sat down uh, with uh, Paul, the apostle. Uh, and that's where Luke uh, Acts comes from. Uh, Otheopolis. That's his actual name. Luke chapter five. Just a little Bible knowledge. Y'all there say amen. So we're talking about seed faith, seed faith, uh, points in your, in, in your app, of course, God will use your seed, period, right? Thank you, Kim. I appreciate that. Get a little bit of help a preach out here. Y'all got to help preach out what? God will use your what? Seed. Everybody. God will use your what? Seed. So here it is. Everybody has a seed and God will use. He will use the seed that you give him. The challenge is a lot of times is us, again, recognizing that everything starts in seed form. Remember the kingdom of God, everything operates and starts in a what? Seed form. So we all have a seed. Look at Luke, Luke chapter five. Uh, let me just read it from, my, from this app here. Uh, second principle is this. God will use your talent, excuse me, your time, your talent, your treasure and your testimony. God will use your time. He's going to use your talent. He's going to use your treasure. He's going to use your testimony. Those are all forms of seed. My time, seed. Talent, seed. Treasure, seed. Testimony, seed. God will use my time, my talent, my treasure, my testimony as a what? Seed. Look at Luke chapter 5. Look at verse number 3. I'm going to read here uh, from the New King James Version. Let me get there. Luke 5, 3. Then he got into the boat which was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitude from what? So here it is. Jesus is preaching. The Bible says in previous verses that the crowd pressed upon him. So here it is. He's ministering. A big old crowd come upon him. Now he's sat in the boat because during those times, of course, this was the only speaker system you had. When you talked, your, the waves would carry your voice over so people could hear you. So that was the amplifying system back in the day. We had wireless remote or nothing like that. Wireless mics anyway. Sat down. Talk from the boat. Now, what was the seed in that incident? It was Peter's what? Boat. It was Peter's what? Time. It was Peter's what? Treasure. 
So Peter gave his time. He gave his treasure. Right. He gave all this and his talent. He gave all this to Jesus for that momentary time. He allowed him to use his resources. So I want you to understand something. Your resources, your money, your time. Right. All these things are forms of seed because those are things we value. Those are things that we don't like to give up. In other words, you know, I don't know about y'all, but my time is valuable. You know what I'm saying? You go certain place. You ever been to the doctor's office? It's like, my goodness, I ain't, this has been two hours, an hour. And them folks ain't seen me yet. My appointment was, you know, that's your time. That's valuable to you. When you spend your money on something, you want it to what? Work. You don't want to spend a hundred, two hundred, three hundred dollars on it and the joke will break down a week later. No, you that's why, because you value what my time, I value my tr- my t- my treasure. You don't want to go work for somebody and you feel stagnant. They giving you these mediocre tasks and you're not challenged that you're not you're not growing. No one wants to sit in that type of environment. So what do you you have to be challenged? You want to use the God given giftings that he gave you. You want to be challenged with it so you can grow. Everybody has these things in us. But here's the beautiful part about it. Once we allow God to use these forms of seed, now then God will begin to bring harvest in from the seeds we have sown. Very important. We understand this. God will use your harvest. He will use that. I remember I was in the Navy uh, years ago. This is a long time ago. USS Midway. Here I am, you know, E2 in the military, walking around this big old ship. And I got born again on my way to Japan and going to Bible study every morning. We had 5 a.m. prayer. Taps, not taps, but Revely started at 6. I mean, they woke you up at 6 a.m. Five o'clock in the morning. We were down there praying and we had basically a small Bible study. This was seven days a week. Turn about somebody say seven days a week. Seven days, not one day, not every now and then. Seven days a week we was up there in the Bible study, listening to the word of God. And I got I got a hold of God's word and began to apply it to my life. And I found myself sharing my faith with people. And it came a time when the person who was starting the Bible study was leaving. He was getting stationed on shore duty and they needed somebody to take over the Bible study. Now, I'm probably about seven, about maybe nine months in, born again at this time. Nobody raised their hand to take it over. I said, well, I'll do it. I'll take it over. So every day I studied and prayed and came down to teach. I gave up my time. Right. Now, here's the beautiful thing. This is what God did. When I gave up my time, it got to the point to where. That next time we pour it out to sea and when you out to sea, you work 12, what we call 12 on 12 off. You work 12 hours a day, you're off 12 hours a day because the ship going 24 hours. So it ain't like you got somewhere to go. So you up there working 12 on 12 off. And I came in at the beginning of that, uh, that, uh, what do you call it? That deployment. As soon as I walked in, uh, my, uh, my supervisor at the time, LPO, he said, okay, Stevens, I know where you at. I said, what is that? You got Bible study, don't you? I said, yeah. He said, so every day for about a good six, seven months, my job was full time ministry. I went down. I would check in. I know you're at. I go to start chapel, study the word, pray, go to child, come back, teach a morning service and an evening service. What happened? Anyway, so at that point, here I am. I really <laughs> the joys of the of ministry. Right. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Come here. What's that going? <laughs> oh, well, listen, we, I figured that I knew it was a, a, a whole something when you called me right now. Anyway, so full time because I was a seed. I planted a seed. Here it is. Harvest. What was the harvest? I didn't have to work for them. I was working for Jesus. Why? Because I gave him my time during that one t- during those periods. So when I gave him my time, he gave back to me what I what gave him. So here it is. Here's God. Say something. God will increase whatever you give him. Okay, I'm going to let that set in your heart because if you do it, listen, I double dog dare you to do it. I dare I, I, da, I dare you to do what I just showed you to do. I dare you to want something and give it to God. And I dare you give it to him for a season. I ain't talking about no. Okay, I'm talking about I'm talking about committedly giving wholeheartedly to something that you want to harvest from. I, I dare you to do it and watch God give back to you what you gave him time. And I never struggled with it ever since. Because here's the thing about seed. <laughs> I heard this is years ago. This blessed me. This blessed me so much. Many people think of seed time and harvest and harvest is an ending period. Mm. Harvest never stops. Man. When a planter plants a 
seed and it produces a harvest. When does the harvest stop? Because in that seed is more in that harvest is more what seeds. God continually talk to me, continually reproduces on what you sold into his kingdom. He is that faithful. Remember last week for God is what was it? Be not weary in well doing Galatians six, nine, for we shall reap if we what? Faint not. We shall what reap means I'm going to get my harvest. Give God what you want. And I guarantee you will never want that again. Jesus, watch, watch, look, Peter, 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 Simon, pull out a little from the deep and let me preach. Okay, he done, he got done preaching. So let's get back to this. Let's get back to this. Let me get, let me get in here. Let me get, oh, dog of my thing going. So here it is, here it is, here it is. God will use your seed, right? God's going to use everything you gave him. But I want you to understand something. You got to be willing to give him seed. And I'm not talking again. So when I say this, I'm not talking about something that uh, you halfway doing. If you commit to God your time for the advancement of God's kingdom, he will give it back to you. Left there, right? Military went to my shore duty. I mean, went to went to my ship, got to San Diego, was in the military. Uh, here, here it is. Three months, four months in before I got out the military, went going to church, joined the church. Here I am, this brother, love God, joined the church, uh, faithfully serving, doing my thing. I come in one day uh, and then they called me over to the office and they say, hey, man, uh, pastor wants, want, wanted to call you. He wanted to talk to you. So I pick up the phone. He said, hey, and he called me before he came in. He said, I'll, I'll, you know, I, I want to make you one of my ministers. Love for you to uh, minister our young people. After that, got out the military. Offered me a job, full time position, serving in the church. So full time ministry. That was my heart's desire. because I got tired of working for knuckleheads. I said, at least let my time be used to glorify God. And I'm back at that same place now. I'm tired of knuckleheads. So that's my prayer again. So just know y'all just be praying that because the Lord about to deliver me from this foolishness. Right. Because, hey, listen, time is only I only got only got we only got one of these lives, man. When you think about that's right. You got one. Kim, now know this. You get older. You got one. That's it. I want it to mean something, right? I want to spend my time dealing with folks. You know, like I said before, no kids. Okay, I ain't got time for this phone. This, this app messing with me. So y'all got that? Luke fast. So he, he didn't got into the boat in multitude. Check this out. Check this out. Look at verse number. Uh, write this down. Write this down. Second verse. Y'all in the app. It says, God knows the desires of what? Your heart. He knows my name. Joe, you ought to play that next week. Baby, you ought to sing that next week. He knows my name. I got a keyboard, Joe. We got a keyboard. He know go ahead, practice, Joe. I was when they were singing that, I say, Lord, I just heard this joke and play this. What, what you wait? No. I say, Candy can sing. But then I heard Kim over here. Kim over here harmonizing. He knows my name. I Listen, I'm going to tell you what. I woke up this morning thinking about Shay. I said, Shay, I saw. I said, she can sing. I didn't. I know it. it <laughs> she can't sing. It must not have been the Lord then. But that. Listen, listen. But yeah, I say, Joe can play this. Joe, Joe can get up in there. I remember Joe was playing the keys when I was. I said, Joe, you should play the key. Joe was singing up in there. Not here, but back at the little, the spot we was at. What was that? Tinseltown. He knows my Joe like, oh, more work. Yes, brother. Give it to him. Boy, this is your opportunity. Give it to him. And he will multiply back into your hands. Where we at? Where we at? Y'all sidetracking me. I ain't saying we're sidetracking. God knows his eyes of what? Your heart. He knows your heart. So here it is. Here it is. Let, let, me, let me share this. Let me share it to you like this. I just want to make it. I, I want to put it in a way that your, your heart receives this. Because this is so profound and so powerful. God knows the desires of your heart. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. Mm -hmm. But when we don't when, when we don't know that, Kim, what we do is we would try to make our own desires come to pass instead of trusting that he knows the desires of our heart. Because we don't when I when I'm saying this, what we do is we have a desire. And instead of really committing this seed process that I'm talking about, that's what we're talking about, seed faith. 
committing what we desire to God in a form of a seed. We, we will go about in our human nature. I'm guilty of it as well to tr begin to do what's necessary to put us in that position to get the desires of our heart and stay and say, this is what I want, Lord. Show me how I can do this. In other words, we go for what we think we can get, not for what we really want. Amen. God wants you to go for what you want because he he places desire in your heart. That song. That's why that song bless me. So he knows my name. He walks with me. What he said, what Todd's saying, what, I mean, there's nothing in me that God doesn't know about. So here it is. I need to be confident of that so that God can then begin to use that. Luke, chat, Luke 5 verse 4. Here it is. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out where at? Into the deep. Here it is. Here it is. God, Simon gave him his time, his talent, his treasure. He used that for a season. Then Jesus turned around and said, launch out into the deep. Now, check this out. Understand this. Knowing that God knows what? Desires of what? Notice God knows what you want. Listen, what businessman don't want to blow up in one day? You know what? 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 What person who opens the doors of a business does not want so many people coming in that place that they don't know what to do? And then you game over. I'm retiring today, right? Who doesn't want to do that, right? Who who doesn't want to get a website and bam, man? I done shut Google down. These jokers, God. I mean, I got. I, it's too crazy. Too many people. Everybody wants to do that. That is the desire of your heart. Check this out. Check this out. Look at verse number uh five. We'll write this down. What he says. Not what what we think is what he says. He said, launch out into the deep. OK, I don't know. Pastor talking about that testimony, given time. Tell, I don't know how that's going to work with me. I don't know how that's going to work with me. Hold up. It's what he says, not what we think. Amen. It's all about what he says, not what we think. The Joel 310 says, let the weak say I am strong. Right. Right. He said, who said that? The weak. Why the world? Why in the world with the weak? Say I'm strong when you're weak. Why, why in the world would you why in the world would you do that? Simply because what God said you were, not because of what you think. Do you not know that your faults are just accumulation of what you've experienced? And who guess who's bigger than your experience? God. Guess who's bigger than your experience? Your future, your destiny is bigger than your experience. I mean, we can go over, we can, we can talk about a brother named Gideon who was the lowest of the low in his family, the weakest of his tribe. And yet the angel of the Lord appeared to him and called him a mighty man of valor. And in Gideon's experience, he said, hold up. Who are you talking to? I am nowhere near a mighty man of valor. I mean, I'm the lowest of the lowest in my house. And these folk been beating up on us for all this time, taking all our wheat. And how is it I'm a mighty man of valor? Here it is. Here it is. Because God said it. Talk to me. Talk to me. You got to get to a point where you declare your destiny. Your thoughts are a representation of your experiences. Here it is. I got another experience for you. Do you know when you begin to say something out of your mouth, it creates an image in your heart? That is an experience. When you do it consistently, that experience that you've declared over your life begins to become a reality. The reason why we are so stuck a lot of times is because we're not uh, we're not taking control of our destiny. We're allowing stuff to happen to us. That's just like saying the Atlanta Falcons went out for football to play to play uh, the New Orleans Saints, because I know that's the arch enemy. Right. They went out there and, the cat, and, and then the coach before he went out there, he said, you know, all these plays we've been studying. Forget about all that. Let's get out there and just make it happen. Let's see what's going to happen today, guys. No, there has to be a game plan. They got to be a play. They got to be a strategy. What I'm saying to you, you got to have a strategy for your life. The strategy meaning I got to learn to apply God's word to my life so that it can create the type of experience that I need. It's not all about going through life and allowing stuff to happen to you. And now you reacting to everything. My goodness, how miserable is that? You ain't do you wake up. Nothing is ha all this stuff happens to you. So now all you do is complain because I, I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just waking up and allowing stuff to happen to me and I'm reacting. Your experience, family, determines how you think. I'm saying create experiences on purpose by speaking God's word. Remember that foundation of faith we talked about? Words. My, my, my faith is released by the words of my mouth. Right. And my actions, when I say it, I then begin to create an inward experience.
You ever had a dream that you like, you, you came to a whole bunch of money and then you woke up, you're like, dang. <laughs> it was, I was dreaming. It was nice though. And then you want to go back to sleep and pick up on that dream. You, had a good, you ever had such a good dream, woke up like, dang, let me get, how I get back to that dream? That was a good dream. I was making it happen. But it's gone now, isn't it? It's fleeting. But here it is, here it is. In reality, you can create it. You can create your future. The Bible says the world, tell you what, turn to, turn, turn to Hebrews, turn to Hebrews, turn to Hebrews. He knows my name. Doom, doom. Hebrews chapter, uh, he knows my name. What chapter are we going to, Lord? Let's go, uh, is it chapter? It was explained by the word. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking right at it too. Thank you, Shay. Here it is. By faith, we understand the words for what? By what? The word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things invisible. So by the, so check it out. Look, look, look at what he said. I want you to get this. We understand. Say, I understand. I understand. That's a powerful word. That's a powerful word. I, I was, I was in, uh, shucks, I don't know where I was at. Some little small town. Was I in Colquitt? Some, some little country town. And I'm in there eating breakfast at the exclusive Hampton Inn. Hallelujah. The, uh, best hotel in the city. No, I'm just, no, I, it's real. But anyway, so I'm sitting there, I'm listening to these guys talk. They race cars. And I don't know, no, I don't know what they're talking about. They talking about engines and turbos. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just in ears length and I'm hearing this. And I, I'm like, I don't understand a word they're saying. That's a trip. And it just, I started reflecting on the fact I don't understand a word they're saying, talking about things they're passionate about. Now, what do I mean by that? Because once you have an understanding of something, you don't you you you're able at, at initially now to begin to go through a process and not trip because I understand how this operates. Y'all get what I'm saying? Amen. Let me give another analogy because y'all really ain't picking up on that. I can tell. So if you were in a situation, this is easy enough. You baking a cake. You put that cake in that bump pan. Am I good so far? I ain't gonna go to the mix. Y'all do your mix your way. You put that, that cake in that bumper. And what happens when you pour it in there? How much pan is left? Not that much. So once I heat it up, does the cake rise or does it stay the same? It rises. Now, how many times have you went to someone who did not know? This is hypothetical. I know we all black folk. folk yeah, shut up. That's stupid. Stupid question. In other words, why the cake ain't moving? Is the cake going to move? You ever did that? Uh, sir. Yes, I Praise the Lord. My wife did it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I never cared about it myself. But somebody at some point said, I wonder how in the world, did, when you put that cake in there, it does, not look like this, it does not look the same. It was like pasty white. Now it's brown. But when you understand that, Kim, you know what? You ain't tripping. All you do is say, no, no, it's going to change color. It's going to rise. It's going to change color. It's going to what? Rise. Hold up. It ain't did it yet, but it's going to change color. It's going to rise. Can we eat the cake like this? It ain't done yet. How we know it's done? I'll let you know when it's done when I pull it out because I don't understand how cakes are made. I understand when I put the microwave, when I put my food in the microwave, it's going to heat up. So why you put your food in that box and turn it on? Because it's going to heat my food up. I don't know how I heat it up, but that joke will come out hot. I understand. I what? I understand. I understand that when I'm driving in the rain in Georgia that I ought to have my lights on. Right. Uh, there are certain things that we do because we understand. What am I saying? I'm saying when you understand Hebrews chapter 11, verse three, it says by faith, we what? Talk to me. What? Understand that the worlds were framed. Do we really understand that? That by faith, the worlds were framed. How did that God? How did that get here? Mommy, the, the, the word of God. It wasn't a big eruption. No, we understand that the worlds were framed by what? God's word. So here it is. If God framed the world by his word, how ought you and I to frame our world by the word? Amen. All I'm saying to you is let's start framing our future with God's word. How do I do that? By creating an experience on the inside of me, by declaring God's word over my life. So when Peter came to the situation when Jesus said, launch out to the deep again, here it is, is what he says, not what we think, because what he says frames our world. Stop allowing stuff to happen to you and you ain't created nothing. Somebody say I'm stuck. You stuck because you ain't created your future. 
You haven't created that experience on the inside of your heart. Create the experience on the inside of your heart. And here it is. The experience will come to pass. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm preaching myself happy. Me and this uh, this uh, coffee I got. Here it is. Y'all ready? Joshua chapter one, verse eight. Get there. Get there. Get there real quick. It says the book of the law shall not depart from your what? Uh oh. So what happens when something happens that contradicts that word? The book of the law shall not depart from your what? mouth, but I shall meditate in the word day and night. Ah. Oh, praise God. This book of the law shall not depart from your what? Mouth, but I shall, but you shall meditate in it day and night and observe to do according to all that's written in it. Then you make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Hold up. How does that happen? Because the book of the law did not depart from my what? My. How did you create your experience, family? Meditate on the word. Speak the word that creates a what type of experience? A, a spiritual experience in your life. Again, how what I think is based on my what? Experiences. Say that with me. What I think is based on my what? Experience. This I didn't mean to teach this like this, but I should have put it in the notes because that's a good nugget to remember. Because all of you and your thoughts are all based on your experience. You, when you're about to make a decision, you take all your experience. You accumulate, you say, okay, this is good or this is bad. Do you know how that's how the devil got over on Judas? Because he whispered something into his ear. The Bible says he suggested unto, unto Judas. One scripture says, and Satan entered him and he had a thought. Here it is. All that came from a demonic force. But do you not know that's how you get sidetracked is when that you hear that voice and it takes you away. Here it is not takes you away from God's truth and God's word and you be then trying to create another experience. And that's how that's how we get into trouble. That's a different that's a different message. That's a good message to preach. Boy, that's a good one. I just thought about that. Let me see if on that. Anyway, anyway, let me get let me get on this here. Let me get on this. The book of love should not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do. How come I'm doing it? Because I meditate on it. What you meditate on? My heart, my heart, my heart aches for people who don't know who they are. It aches, Kim, because it's tragic because we wake up and we don't know who we are and we go through life as if we have no position and no power and no no real authority in our own lives. And so we live in this reactionary mode all the time and stuff is happening to us and we're miserable and we're depressed because you don't know who you are. I dare you to wake up tomorrow and say, I am a child of the most high God. I have authority over my life. Look in the mirror and just talk to yourself and tell yourself I have authority over my life. Jesus has given me authority. Jesus has given me power. I am blessed. Everything I put my hands to do, it prospers today. Talk to yourself in the morning. You ought to be the most admired person in your life ought to be you. It's not a conceited statement. That's a statement, a statement of 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 confidence in what God said about you. I'm stupid. You ain't heard God. I do this. You ain't heard God. See, you. how many experience all this negativity? But and I, I love to ask the question, how, how long do you spend talking to yourself about yourself? Creating that image in yourself about yourself, who you are. The words in the English language is I am. Because now here it is. I had Joe. I got the ability to determine my destiny by me declaring who I am. Amen. Amen. I know that's right, Julia. <laughs> I personally, I disconnect from people, family members included. I will not associate and deal with folk who try to bring me down to who I am. Can't do it. If you try to blame, if you try to blame me for how miserable your life is, you ain't gonna hear from me. You know, praise Amen. the Lord. Knock yourself out. I. I, I ain't the one. Okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the one. What I'm. What am I saying? Because I have to. I have to protect who I am. Amen. Listen to me. I, 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 let me. Let me. Let, let me. Let me get this over to you delicately as I can. If someone is contradicting who you are in your mind and where you're going, that's one relationship. You, when it comes to risk and reward. You can afford to drop off. The reward is not there and the risk is too high. When there's a risk, some things you got to judge like that. What's the reward if I stay with it? Uh, it's, it ain't one. 
What's the risk? It's real high. Let me separate myself from this individual because I need to de- I need to develop this mentality. And what they're doing is crippling it. <laughs> Don't let anybody cripple who you are. Remember that we were talking about last week? I was watching the video from last week when Joe talked about talking about that. He talked about the pursuit of happiness and that one scene when Will Smith said, Don't let nobody tell you what you can't do. People will tell you that because they can't do it and they measure your future. Here it is, here it is, here it is. They measure your future by their inability to see stuff. <sighs> okay, I can stay here all day. This, that's, a, that's a good one. But let me finish. Let me get through this exhortation. It's supposed to be in light and short. Here it is. Luke chapter 5, verse 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have what? Toil all night long. And what happened, y'all? Uh-oh. You ever did something and nothing happened? You ever tried something that didn't happen? Caught what? Nothing. You, you, ever, you ever been there? Praise the Lord, right? Simon said, listen, Lord, we done toured all night long. But listen what Simon said. This is what most of us don't do. But at your word. Right? Most of us say, it ain't work. All right, whatever. I ain't doing it no more. I tried that. Here it is. I what? Tried that. Don't you know that's the biggest enemy to your success is ease? The biggest enemy of everybody's success is ease. You want to find a you want to find an unproductive person. Ask them how they grew up. Did, was it given to you or did you have to go get it? Amen. If it was given to you, them the sorry jokers in the world because they always waiting for somebody to give them something because that's how they grew up. That's right. That's a, you know what I'm saying? Them the sorry people. You want to get somebody lazy? Listen, you want listen. I'm telling you, you stay away from any joker who everybody handed stuff to him. Because they will not fight for it. They will give up too easy. I told you about the, the uh, founder of the, the youngest billionaire at the time. I forgot her, uh, the founder of Spanx. The, um, that, that uh, you know what I'm saying, Spanx, whatever it is. So the girl said the reason she, she attributed her success to her dinner table talks with her dad when he would ask her every day, what did you fail at? Ask her and her brother. They ain't had nothing. They failed that. Dad would be disappointed. So she started selling fax machines cold calling, which is a rough way to go. But here it is. All that created. She said, I was immune to no. I was not phased by it. Some people get, oh, oh, they said no. They ain't called me back. So what? What you tripping for? What? That don't mean nothing. That don't determine you. You just go ask somebody else. You don't stop because they said no. You know how many no's there are for someone who are successful? I wish I could document it. But it's so many no's in the hundreds of thousands of no's you will hear in your life. But listen, no just means next opportunity. It does not mean, okay, it's over. It means next opportunity. Don't stop just because somebody said no and you ain't get the raise, you ain't get the promotion, you ain't get the job, you ain't get the business deal, you didn't get what you wanted. So what? Just go to somebody else and ask them. Be resourceful. Stop stop allowing people to determine your destiny because they said no to you. They don't know everything. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. Let me preach my message and go to the... Wherever I'm going. Here, y'all ready? Y'all got that? Luke chapter 4, what he say? He said, but nevertheless, at your word, I will what? Let down my net. Write this down. This is so profound. Breakthrough comes when we follow through. Breakthrough comes when we follow through. Breakthrough. Your breakthrough comes when you follow through. Most don't follow through, so there's no breakthrough. Galatians 6 and 9, that's the next scripture, I believe it is. For we will reap if we faint not. Do not be weary in doing well, for you shall reap if you what? Quit quitting. Stop quitting. Stop quitting. People quit on stuff all the time. People quit on stuff. I remember reading this one man's book, Maximize Manhood, by, I forget his author's name. He had passed away. Profound brother. He said who? Edward Cole. That's it. Edward Cole. Edward Cole told the story of how his young man was engaged to his daughter and he called off the wedding. And then about a month later, he wanted to marry her again. He said, no, you won't marry him. He a quitter. You don't marry a quitter. Daughter listened to his counsel. She waited about two years later to marry some man. They've been married ever since. He a quitter. When someone bails under pressure, you don't want them in your life. Because when it comes to decisions, let me help you out. I know y'all, some of y'all live, my kids ain't lived that long, but let me help you out. Pressure gonna come. Whoo, hallelujah. Turn to somebody, say amen. Say he ain't lying. 
Listen, pressure gonna listen. You're gonna want to throw in the towel in many, many days on a whole lot of stuff. Right? That that is that is part and parcel of life. That is par for the course. What's par for the course? Wanting to quit. Wanting, being tempted, right? I'm tempted to eat a gallon of ice cream, but I don't. Right? You say you do? Black pray for Dorian, y'all. He did say. <laughs> say what? Who said that? Say, I ain't gonna say. Listen, <laughs> let me let me use different analogies. I y'all need to be <laughs> a pint. I said gallon. I said gallon. All right, pint. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's real today, Pastor. <laughs> Bless God. <laughs> Just is what it is, right? Hey, listen. <laughs> oh, boy, I love y'all, y'all, something else. Listen, breakthrough comes when we follow through, right? So here it is. Stop, stop practicing quitting because your breakthrough is on the other side of your opposition, right? What's the opposition? The opposition is the test. It's, it's, it's the turnaround point. It's the temptation point that you want to quit. When you move beyond that, and here it is, that's where breakthrough happens. It's in the difficult moments. I was in, <laughs> so funny. I'm interviewing this kid the other day, and I go to this guy's house, right? And I'm, I go to the kitchen, typically I sit down with the parents. And I'm like, these people acting kind of strange. I go in, they invite me in. Generally, you set the table. They say, we're going to set the table. And they sit down with you. And they just like 10, 15 feet away. I said, can we come to the table so we can talk? They take two steps further and say, yeah, but they still ain't at the table. I'm like, what's wrong with these people? And I'm, I'm thinking about, man, okay, this, this is going to be a short interview. These people crazy. They don't want me here. What? I don't know. They don't like black people or what? So I'm sitting down. I'm the only one sitting down. They all sitting up. Y'all sit down. Little kids sit down. I said, don't y'all want to see the program? I hand dad the book. Then he comes over. He don't still sit down. He just look at the book on the stand up. I said, so, I, you know, what's going on? Why y'all acting like this? This is not normal for me. <sighs> he don't know what he, this third thing he done brought home in the last month. First he wanted to be this, then he wanted to be that, then he wanted this. I said, okay, I see. You got a confused kid, obviously. So I asked the kid, I said, listen, I said, he said, well, at first he wanted to be a welder. I said, okay, were you in welding class? He said, yes. I said, what happened? He said, well, I stopped, I, I dropped out. And his dad looked at him, he's shaking his head. I said, well, why'd you drop out? He said, it was too hard. I'm like, Joker, welding too hard. You don't need to go to school. You in trouble. I want to, that's what I want to say, Joe. I want to say, bruh, you need some type of remedial process or something. I was something going on with you, man. But I ain't say that. I was nice to say, oh, well, you quit, huh? He said, yeah. I, and the dad said, that's, he quit everything. He said, it's hard. Everything is hard. I said, man, that's life, dude. If you don't know it, it's going to be difficult at first. But this kid just could not get over the fact that stuff will not come easy because he because he signed up for it. So needless to say, I left 10 minutes later because they was wasting my time at that point. But here it is. Life, you will incur difficult times. And in those difficult times comes breakthrough, comes opportunity of growth. Don't quit because it's tough. Oftentimes, toughness is the way to determine whether or not you want to stick with something. Is it challenging enough? Can I get through this? So here it is. Breakthrough comes when what? The follow through. Here, let us not be wearing braille doing for we shall reap and faint not. Turn to Luke chapter 5 verse 6. We're almost done. And when they had done this, what did they do, y'all? They did what Jesus said. They called a great number of what? And the net was what? Breaking. Check this out. Check this out. Verse number 7. So they signaled to their what? Partners in the other. But I want you to understand partners. That's powerful. It stood out to me today. It said, he signaled to his partners on the other ships to come and help him with what? All this fish. Now, notice what happens here. Let's, let's do a little recap. What did, Jesus, what did Peter give? His time, talent. He gave his ship. He gave his time. Jesus used that ship. Then he said, let's launch out to the deep. What was the seed? The, his time, right? His talent, his treasure. That ship represented all three of those things. Then what did Jesus do? He began now immediately Peter began to begin to receive from the seed he had sown. What did he receive? Yeah, he received, he received a seed from, yeah, he did. Well, Kim trying to preach my message. He received, he received 
harvest. He began to receive a harvest from the seed he had sown. Now check this out. Check this out. But this is this is this is the this is a powerful part about this 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 story here. Peter instantly starts receiving a harvest because the kingdom of God operates again. I want you to get this in your heart in seed form. Jesus did not come in and just get his man a whole bunch of fish. And what what else didn't he do? He did not miraculously rain, miraculously rain fish down from the sky. This is for the religious folk who just say the Lord just going to do it for me. They still had to get in their boats. They still had to go into the water. They still had to let down their lets. In other words, they they did what they normally did. And the blessing was multiplied. But they did what? What they normally did. Stop thinking something this, you know, the, you're going to wake up tomorrow. It's going to be one point five million dollars in your bank. See, that's why I be tripping out on these little swords and televangelists be on TV. He gave me some oil and I got a check for twenty thousand dollars in the mail. I want to say these. And you got these desperate folks sending money in thinking that money just going to hit their bank account. Can God do it? Yes. I don't find an example in scripture. Peter was going about what he normally did and God supernaturally what bless what he did. Not to say somebody can't bless you. Now, I ain't talking about that. But when you are moved from a point of desperation and you hear somebody on television say, do you need that mortgage paid? If you send me this bill, this seed today, your mortgage will be paid off. And then you got people talking about how they mortgage got paid. I got fifty thousand dollars in the mail, sixty thousand dollars in the mail, et cetera, et cetera. And, and here it is. Most of them folks don't know people with sixty thousand right. dollars. Right. So what am I saying? I'm saying God will use already the process of what you're doing, because when you're doing when you live by that mentality, what happens is this is this is the predisposed disposition that person. I ain't got to do nothing. I'm gonna sit here and it's gonna come to me. I'm gonna wait. Are you are you gonna are you gonna go and at least look for or try to do what? No, God's gonna do it. God's gonna. Well, God's already blessed you, bro or sister. God's already done. Jesus ain't coming back down to do nothing just for you. It's already done. So now I have to appropriate faith in it. So what Peter did was he gave. He began to receive a harvest, and the harvest was so big that he had to call partners to assist him. In that process, but check this out. Verse number, uh, where am I at? Partners follow him. Okay, verse number uh, 11. So when he had brought the boats to the land, they forsook what? All and what? Follow him. Now, why did they do that? So when, so here's an interesting fact. First of all, Jesus wasn't broke, right? We were established that when he received those, when, when three wise men brought gifts, notice it didn't say, those were the only gifts that were brought. It just said three bride's men brought gifts, gold, uh, frankincense and myrrh. Right. All three of those things were bought. It don't mean one person brought every one of them. But Jesus had gold when he was about four or five, because I wanted in his infancy say he was a, he was a toddler by the time the wise men got to him. So anyway, he got gold. What happened to the gold? Jesus was poor. I always ask, oh, is Jesus poor? What did he do with the gold? What gold? The gold they gave him to him. Oh, I forgot about that. God, they brought him gold when he was a kid. So what did he do with the gold? He wasn't struggling. So if he wasn't struggling, he wasn't in the hood. And here it is. All his disciples was rich. You remember the story in the Bible uh, when, I tell you what, let's look at that. And we're going to end on this. This is a good Bible note to end on. Why don't y'all Google that? Uh, uh, eye of the Needle. Yeah. Uh, it's easier for a rich man to get through the Eye of the Needle. Yeah. Get, get that. Get that. Look at that verse for me. Let's look at that real quick. Let's look at that real quick, because see, it's amazing how when you look at stuff from a religious standpoint, what you see and then you how you look at stuff when you just look at it. And you're like, oh, it was in there the whole time because some people actually think Jesus was poor and broke and his disciples were poor and broke. Listen, the how, Peter got a family. Say so what? Yeah, he got a family. How you going to forsake what, what his wife going to eat? How they going to live? Jesus, Peter was married. Matter of fact, the Bible says Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Peter had a family. I tell you what, I go to Miss Stephen and say, I'm forsaking all and following Jesus. Okay, what, what, what a job that though? You're going you gonna to preach on the way? You, you, we got to eat. We got food and shelter. How did, that, how did he survive? We just read it right here. 
That boy caught so much fish in his what? His partners. His who? Partner. Yeah. I can preach. Y'all take care of the business. We got enough fish to last. This here is blowout sale right now. We wholesale this stuff. We're going li- to live on the rest of this stuff right here. Oh, yeah, we paid. He forsook all because he could forsake all. You can't forsake all if you ain't got no money. Peter got all that fish. Game over. Let's roll. For three years, he walked with Jesus. That had to be a nice little punk change, chunk of change. That he, what did he say? Partners came so much the nets was breaking. It's a lot of fish. So at that point, his partners, I'm sure, had to go to other ports to sell the fish because you can't just sell all that fish in one point because the fish going to rot and die. Or, you know what I'm saying? So they had to get rid of all that fish. And that's the beauty of working with Jesus. Right. Because you get it. So where we at? Mark. Uh, what, what, what chapter? Check this out. Check this out, family. Check this out. Check this out. He wasn't broke. And neither should you be. I'm trying to somebody saying neither should you be. Well, you know, basically, if you're in the U.S., you ain't broke nowhere. I told you globally, you if you're making over $39,000, you are part of the world 1%. I ain't talking about the U.S. U.S. is a different beast, but the world. Do you know that 1 billion people in 2016 did not have running water or toiletry? In other words, when they defecated, it was outside. That was 2016. That's three years ago. I don't know what the number is now, but I heard that. Wow, that's. You just think your world is your world. Your world is everybody's world. No, it ain't. Matthew what? Start start at. Matthew 19.6. Y'all there, family? Check this out. Check this out. This for all the people who, this will help y'all a lot. Y'all talking to religious folks. There's a lot of religious folks. I went to a funeral the other day. Y'all want to hear some religious stuff? Go to a funeral. Lord Jesus. I sat there with so disdain. I said, Lord, Lord, no. God plucked him out. God came to his garden and plucked him out. Where is that in the Bible? God ain't plucking. Listen, let me help you out. Family, I love you. God is not plucking you out. Okay? There's only three people. Jesus, two people. The Bible says that God took. One was Enoch. The other was Elijah. Everybody else died. You're going to die. You ain't got to die from a sickness and illness. But if you do, don't say God took you. God didn't take you. You died. It's okay. God is in control. God don't make mistakes. He don't make mistakes. But where did it say he killed that man of cancer? He came to deliver us from sickness and disease. If he delivered me from it, why is he putting it on me? Why in the world would I pray to Jesus, Jehovah Rapha, my healer, for healing, and he putting it on me? Which one is it? Did he put it on me or did he heal me? I read in the Bible when Jesus said the thief cometh. But for to what? Steal, kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have him abundantly. Right. Because if sickness was from God, then you would want more of that sickness because you want more of God. If God is bringing poverty, give me some more of that poverty. But I don't know nobody signing up for poverty. That's why you tell working so much. Hypocritical. Lord, want me humble. You want me poor. So why are you working? There you go. Why not be poor as you can? You want the will of the Lord in your life. It's, and it's religious. But I thought so. I was like, oh, my goodness. It's ridiculous. People say this. I want to stand up and say, what is wrong with y'all? Has anybody ever ain't had a scripture? The Lord came by and he saw McNeil and he plucked the gum from the garden. And God going to pluck all of us one day. Oh, Lord Jesus. No. And all them folks just taking it in. Amen. And in the Bible, how do we not? Okay, I'm sorry. I feel, I'm free. I don't. Thank you. Verse 16. Verse 16. Was it 16? You said 1916? Okay, where's the verse at? The verse is 23. 23. Okay, when Jesus said to the disciples, I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And Again, I say to you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Just just so you know, that's not a big that's not a sewing needle. This is a term used and it was it's a gateway in the Middle East. But anyway, OK, just I, I want I want y'all to know that verse 25. And when his disciples, what? They will greatly what? Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Uh, yeah. Say who then can be saved? <laughs> Yeah, we're rich. I thought this was just for us. You mean poor people got this stuff too? 
that conversation going on. Dude, they're like, yo, I thought it was just about the rich folk. You mean poor folk got on this? Who did? Well, who can be sad? What? Who can what be sad? Why do you think they said that? Poor folks ain't say. Poor folk would be like, yep, that's right. Yeah, them rich folk. No, he said, well, then who can be saved if only the rich, if you say it's hard for rich people to get in? What? Heaven <laughs> <laughs> gonna, gonna be hurting you. Peter answered and said, we have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Right. And then that, that that's there you go. And then his disciples heard and said, who did he And then when Jesus looked at them, he said to them, with this, it's impossible with God. All things are impossible. Verse 27 is what you're talking about, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Then Peter answered and said to him, see, we have left what? All. Now, we just read that. We just read he forsook all, right? He said, we have left what? All and what? Oh. What's he saying? This is, hey, listen, bro. I left it all. How is it that I can't be saved? Because I am one of the rich folks you're talking about. Who is going to be hard for to get into heaven? Look at verse 28. So Jesus answered and said, surely I say to you. Here it is. In this regeneration, when the son of man sits on the throne in his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake shall receive what? Inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last. But I just want you to see that. You see, you, do you see this? Stop. So I want you to understand this religion. I need to just, I'm, I, I think I'm, I think I might just go there. Just, just really bust this, just hit all these religious stuff. Cause I sat in that funeral. I said, this is a, it's a crying shame that these people, it's sad. It's sad because the tragedy is if, if I, if, if I believe that, Right. And I get struck with some kind of sickness and disease. I really think God put it on me. And when I think God put it on me, Joe, I'm not fighting it. I'm just saying it's God's will. No, it ain't God's will. Do you not know you got a devil in the earth? Well, what's the devil doing? If God is doing all this stuff, the devil, he ain't got nothing to do. Because the devil, if God is healing and putting sickness on you, what in the world is the devil's job? Jesus said he came to steal, kill and destroy. You know, you got Satan. The Bible says he is the God of this world. If our God, if our minds are, if our gospel is Hidden, it is hid, hidden to those who are lost. First Corinthians, I believe it says, for the God of this world had blinded their minds. Their what? Minds, least they see the glorious light of the gospel. People, minds are blinded to God's grace, healing, deliverance, salvation. It ain't because it happened, it's God's will. Satan put mess on you, resist it. That's the devil. God ain't taking care. And I, he don't got his wings. No, he ain't getting no wings. Angels are created, not born. Angels are not people who are died, who have died and went up to heaven and became angels. Angels are created beings. That matter of fact, angels are not even on the same level as humans. Never was a human. These are created beings. They're not going to heaven and getting some wings. These are, that's why you got, that's why you have all these different, you got the archangels, you got these ministries. Hebrews chapter 11 says 12, I believe 12, Hebrews chapter 12. Are they all not ministering spirits? Talking about angels sent forth to minister for those who are the heirs of salvation. So all those things is what the, the religion uh, comes in and creeps in and allows people to get a hold of and steal. And here it is. When they do that, they steal God's blessing because then you got folks growing up. Well, God took my mama. God took my daddy. I don't want to serve God. He took because they heard some preachers say God took them and God don't make no mistakes. Well, God didn't take him. I, I, every few I go to, that's the one. They, if they ask me to do it, I'm going to tell. I always say, God don't make no mistakes, but God didn't do this. Get real quiet when you say that. Know what did this? When I do the funeral, use a high blood pressure. Stress. Yeah, doctors report say it. God didn't put stress and high blood pressure. God told her what to do. She didn't want to do it. See, well, we want to live in this imaginary world. I don't know. I, I just ain't imaginary. You know, you know good and well that person. Some people, just, I told y'all before, some people, y'all know people just want to die. 
sorry to bear the bad news and the good news of church, but the bottom line is everybody don't want to do what we're doing, right? So here it is. Understand the enemy's job is still kill and destroy. That's Satan's job. Satan's objective is to put mess on you, to destroy you in the spirit. And tragedy happens to everybody, whether you saved or unsaved. I don't care who you are. Tragedy happens. Here it is. Here it is. That tragedy happened. Father, thank you for your grace and your mercy for keeping me and now getting me through this devastating season in my life. He did not do it. That's the point I'm making. Okay. This he because when you think he did it. Then what happens is you have this disdain and automatically. Why is God killing folks? He ain't killing people. Right. The enemy comes in. The, the Isaiah for the enemy came in like the flood and the spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against them. Enemy. The Satan's objective is to come in and steal, kill and destroy. Our goal in life is to understand that God's grace and mercy will keep us in troubled and challenging times. But to, to attribute things automatically, that's the religious. We always, we got to throw everything. Listen, everything ain't, everything is not God. Everything, you don't, you ain't going to know the answer to. I'm not going to know the answer to. We don't know why certain things happen. But to, because it happened to attribute it to, okay, God took them and God plucked it out the garden. That's, we got to, you know, I'm just, I'm just approaching this from a spiritually could, basis of the of the Bible. If we believe the Bible, we got to say, okay, what 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 example did we have in that happening? When Jesus found somebody who was sick, he prayed for him. Why he what did he tell us to do? Lay hands on the who? And they were what? Right. So if he told me to pray for the sick, why in the world would he be putting sickness on them? Then he's not putting sickness on them. That's the enemy putting sickness on them. That's why we use our authority to command the sickness to go. What if the sickness don't go? Well, the sickness didn't leave. What if they pass? Well, the Bible says to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. So you don't lose anyway. If I leave, I'm with Jesus. If I'm here, I got a testimony for Jesus. Either way, I'm with who? Jesus. Losing this, man, were they born again? Did I minister to them? Did I love on them? Etc. Yeah, praise the Lord. Y'all ready? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we're so thankful today for your word. We pray for every heart here, Father God. Well, we got prayer requests before I begin. Uh, Greg and uh, David, Greg and David and Keisha's Brandy Pearson. Y'all stand up, just intercede for Y'all, anybody has got any prayer requests? Not everybody, just people who, y'all can stand, well, everybody can stand up if you want to. I'm talking about people who was praying, because I'm, I'm you want to stand play, stand in the gap. So you stand in the gap for Greg, you stand in the gap for David, and you stand in the gap for Brandy. So stand in the gap is this. The, the Bible lets us know when you when you pray for people, the form of it is intercessory prayer, meaning you're standing in place of that person. That person's not physically here. Here's the thing about the word of God in the spirit. There is no time or distance in the spirit. So when we're praying for you, we're actually praying for them. But you're standing here, standing proxy. So lift your hands up as if you were to receive that healing or whatever. For David, for uh. Greg and for Brandy. Father, in Jesus name, we thank you right now. We give you praise for your word. First of all, we come to you thanking you that you are faithful to your word, that your word is the foundation of this earth and our lives. And we trust that as we pray according to your will, you hear us. Not only do you hear us, but you grant the petition which we requested. Father, we thank you for David. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this as he goes into the surgery for this transplant. Holy Spirit, we ask you, God. And we declare over his body right now, healing, total soundness and speedy recovery in his body. Lord God, we give you praise right now for that transplant being done to your glory. Successful. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor for a speedy recovery and a a transplant that is successful, that brings about glory to your name. We thank you for David. We praise you, Father. Lord God, we thank you for, for Greg. We thank you for as he goes into the surgery. We thank that you guide the physician's hands. We praise you, Lord God, with long life he is satisfied and you show him your great salvation. Lord, we praise you for his life. We thank you that he uses it as a testimony to glorify your name. We give you praise and glory in Jesus name for a speedy recovery in Greg's body as well. Father, we thank you right now for bringing we thank you, Lord God, for the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. Holy Spirit, you only know how to speak to our hearts and lead and direct us. Father, as, as, as Keisha stands place for her sister, we thank you right now for opening the eyes of our understanding to give her insight and to give her the confidence and reassurance of your grace and your love 
for her and that you will keep her in this season. Lord, we thank, we're thankful for the presence of the Holy Spirit who never leaves us nor forsakes us, that we boldly say the Lord is our helper. Thank you, Lord God, for our sins. Thank you for protecting and guiding and leading her. We praise you for it right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, as we end this place, we don't, we, as we leave this place, we don't leave your presence. We thank you that traveling grace is ours. And as we arrive at our destination, Father, we thank you. We find all things in order in Jesus' name. Amen, amen and amen. Praise the Lord. All right, guys. Praise God. You uh, can be seated. We have a couple of announcements to make. We are still now we got the we got the uh, 23rd is supposed to be our. Yes. So I'm sorry. OK. Thank you so much for watching us at the light. We greatly appreciate you. Remember to share, serve and save. See you next week.